Welcome to the Top Gear Magazine podcast, a peek behind the curtain of what it's really like to drive other people's cars for a living. These are the stories behind the stories. Hello everyone and welcome to the Top Gear Magazine podcast and today I'm joined, uh, I'm Jack Ricks by the way and I'm joined by Rowan Horncastle. Good to know that you remember your name, well done, hello everybody. Uh, Ollie Marriage. I'm here too. Ollie Q. Hello. Nice, we did that, we got through it, well done. <laughs> um, today is the issue pod so we're going to be diving into um, all the stories behind the stories in the latest issue. It is issue 378, I've actually written it down this time because I never know what number it is. Um, and coming up we're going to be talking about the uh, the big 4x4 showdown. The Ineos Grenadier versus the Land Rover Defender. Um, we've taken the Ami, the Citroen Ami buggy on a trip to the seaside and for a round of golf. Um, we're going to be talking about Mick Schumacher, who Rowan hung out with in uh, Tokyo recently. We've got a, a love letter to the four-cylinder engine in the form of some Just me. quite expensive <laughs> resto mods. Nicely done. Um, and then at the end, we're going to have a little quiz. Oh, good. But also, we have to say, this: there is the big cover story, which if you didn't listen to last week's episode, is the wonderful exclusive of the Murray T50, which yeah. Ollie Marriage went and drove for four days straight. Uh, <laughs> I don't think no he slept. I, just, I bloody just, didn't. Just drive, <laughs> drive, drive. <laughs> they so were if, all slightly amazed that I was very happy to be still shooting at midnight and get up at 5am, but yeah. we know what it's like. So. so if you missed last week's episode and everything about that incredible story, go back into the feed and see that. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're missing the cover story, but there's so much mm. to talk about. There we should is. crack into it. But I want to know, because I've just arrived at the office... Who's arrived in that Porsche Sport Classic? Mm. Who do you oh, think? That would be me as well. Yes. <laughs> Just a sneak. You know, we, we obviously, we, we there was a time when we were in the office Monday to Friday, you know, mm. COVID changed all that and we're a bit more flexible. Um, so, yeah, you can have sneaky Porsche 911 Sport Classics Just without arrived. anyone knowing about yeah, them, yeah. can't it you? It is the slight, slight joy of living near Porsche UK's HQ. So, wait, I'm imagining you got back from driving the Murray T50 and went, mm, must have manual gearbox. <laughs> <laughs> Just hit the phone. So what happened? Well, funnily enough, I came back from the Murray T50 and jumped into my 306 rally which is what i'd left at the airport so i'd go do, so i oh, picked nice up the manual palette thing. cleanser it mm, is yeah. it's lovely that's why i take it to the airports often yeah um good the sport classic row you drove it yeah, yeah. Um, on some sort of a long time ago yes, i think it's over a year ago yeah i was the first person outside porsche the dolomites uh you drove it from germany the, down to, to switzerland, switzerland. Oh, yeah. yeah and uh yeah so for the people not to know that's the new porsche 992 sport classic which is a retro inspired limited edition 911 got ducktail got stripes it's manual gearbox 911 turbo engine mm. but yeah. rear wheel drive manual gearbox yeah, yeah. and then some retro e and a lovely luxury touch, open pore wood inside, lots of yeah. gold. There's actual physical gold. So if you want... if Heritage design pack or whatever they call it. Exactly. Yeah. But if you're suffering in the cost of living crisis and you see one, the rear badges are actually gold. So you can put those in an envelope, <laughs> send them to Ireland, you make some money. Uh, and the road I, test I, verdict is, in a nutshell... I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. I think it's one of my favourite 911s oh. because it, it because it's manual because it's got lag. Um, mm. It's what 550 brake. Exactly that. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's not super powerful, but hey, 550 brake is a still lot. Still quite a lot. It's still a lot. <laughs> Almost as but much really as the Gordon Murray T50, which has only got 650, 660, 660 odd. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But also yeah. when we've been you know completely washed over with 
RS department cars recently. Yeah. It's a real different departure, but it just shows the bandwidth of the 911, what you can do. And you think you want the hardest, fastest one, but then you get in this and you realise yeah. this is the everyday usability mm. of a 911 yeah. plus some really nice luxury touches that make it yeah. genuinely feel special. You just um, like the gold. I like the ducktail. The ducktail. The rear is so good, but it's also mm. re- nice and affirming when you come back after a year. And you're always slightly nervous about how you reviewed cars because Ollie Marriage is literally the head of car testing. That is his LinkedIn <laughs> profile. And you're like, Did I get that one right? So when he said that's my favourite 911, I said, "Well, it's mine too." So yeah, 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 we did yeah, it right. yeah. and it's in, it was in the magazine a year ago, um, <laughs> and I got it right nine <laughs> out of ten. <laughs> so uh, yeah, trust me. Um, cool. But anyway, so, we should so crack before on. we crack it, uh, before we crack in. Or on with the issue. Um, the Top Gear magazine podcast community. It's been quite active, hasn't it, Ro? Ah, you I'll are. S- you are. You, this is a live appointment right here. You are now our community manager. No, I am. I've, yeah, I've got a new job role, but I was all, it's, we've, it's bursting. I've got another laptop. We've <laughs> <laughs> got double laptops, people. Yeah. What are the people saying? I'm a, I'm a Kimbo. They're, they're liking it. They're like us. So, uh, <laughs> we haven't actually. Thanks we do, for this. We we right, so moving on. <laughs> uh, no, so, if you scroll back into a feed, you can see that we did a whole episode on the Range Rover. Everyone, you know, was explaining which they thought was the best. Range Rover. Are they explaining um, what we got wrong? Because we're no, we did all right. We did, did all we? right. Um, Thank but, you, Land Rover enthusiasts. Yeah. Going easy on us. <laughs> but we did our best. <laughs> How is it? We referred to them. We threw model codes out the window, and there was sort of the the boxy the, the one, good one, the, OG, the bad one, the, classic, the boxy yeah, one, yeah, the, yeah, the queens one, one, the goat. Yeah. But to take it back to the model co- codes, everyone does agree that the L three two two is the uh, is yes. the best. Well, well translated the into mm. visual layman terms, that is the the David Seaman one, two thousand and three, the ponytail one, the goat. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, people were very happy with our speed. Like they liked peeking behind the curtain and seeing how we did cool. Speed Week, yeah. and were intrigued by the cleaner, greener aspect to mm-hmm. make that all work. Um, and well, a lot of love for the M2 as part of that. Any messages yeah. from any special friends? Uh, no, they're in a different app. But uh, <laughs> but oh, Fan mail no, folder. we did actually from our Viking brother. Tommy, who did get a mention in the Speed Week podcast, he is very happy and in his Viking shed still. Our, our TG brother, the Viking stick, Tommy, he loved the episode <laughs> and he will treasure it forever and tell his grandkids by the fireplace. And if you didn't listen to it, Tommy was, um, uh, we went to Sweden to the Gotland Ring and he was essentially the fixer, the man mm. that got things done. It turned out to be an absolute legend. And, <laughs> a lifesaver. And within, you yeah. know, four or five days became an honorary TG team member. Mm. And by the way, when he talks about the Viking shed, it's a static caravan uh, at the Gotham Ring, <laughs> which he <laughs> lives. But also, yeah, he's got a twizzled moustache, uh, a wicked sense of humour, but also pulled us up. He didn't lose the keys. Someone else lost the keys where we locked all of the cars for Speed Week overnight, where we then had to smash the padlocks off to yeah. set them free. But anyway, that was the previous episode. Go and check out the rest of the timeline and the feed, or whatever the techie term for where you hear stuff the from our voices. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, on to this one, which we start. Yes, well, let's kick off with um, the... The Battle of Britain, the grudge match, Ooh. Grenadier versus Defender. Defender. So we have done a feature, a standalone mm. feature with the Grenadier uh, a few months ago. Greg Potts wrote that one, really nice, where yeah. we took it to the sort of the diehard old Land Rover Defender. Mm. Um, the strongholds, everyone who uses yeah. it, the amounts of yeah. rescues, your farmers, the people who with depend the for these things. Yeah, with the, on their with with the Grenadier and the Defender would do. Fancy one of these, mm. to which they... All kind of well, they, they they didn't dislike it, but usually it, it was sort of it's a bit posh, it's a bit expensive. Mm. Um, I'll stick with my 
old landy yeah. mm. was was sort of mainly what it said. Mm. So then the question is, all right, it is not a cheap car. Really, yeah. it's up against the new Defender, and there's kind of a clash of personalities and purposes here because yeah. because the, the Grenadiers. Uh, I was going to say raison d'être, and then I thought that's a bit posh, isn't it? Um, was was <laughs> to take on, was to fill a void left mm. by the old defender, but really yeah. it's found itself up against the new one. And how how does yeah. it fare, Ollie Merrick? It fares pretty well actually, but it's a, it's an interesting one, isn't it? If so, I, you can sum it up. It, the, the, is the, it is completely aimed at people. It's a very good update of the old defender. Mm. So you would just—it um, feels more like a defender than the new defender does, if you if you put it that way. It's—I really liked it, but it, I, the people it will appeal to are the people who look at the new defender and go, "Nah, that's not for me." So the, bit the, too swanky. It's a bit too. Mm. Yeah, they find the defend the new defender, real defender, too swanky. Right, the grenadier is there to sweep up that section of the market of everyone who doesn't want that, and it does that really well. But it's it's still it's got it, there are certain issues to it where it's not it's not a modern comfortable refined land. It's almost driver. like that's it's, been sort of engineered in because they had a mm. clean sheet of paper, right? You know, they they decided yeah, yeah. to make some quite agricultural engineering decisions mm. on purpose to give it that character, which yeah. now that it's all sort of shaken out and we've got mm. the final production car, you're sort of saying. It's slightly odd. So, it, do you know what we're talking about? We've talked about this before. About you know the the t- Murray T fifty feels like Gordon's car. This is mm. his thing. This feels like Jim Ratcliffe's car because Jim Ratcliffe apparently loves to do big, fo- you know, adventures driving into the middle of nowhere. That is what this car feels like. It would be brilliant at because f- for, when all said and done, it feels super robust, really tough. Like it would, it wouldn't break down in the middle of nowhere, and if it did, you could probably do something about it. Which the Defender, with all the electronics and everything on it, doesn't feel like that. You can need so, a laptop and a four G exactly. booster. Aren't you? But it means that the yeah, it means that the Grenadier is also in a slightly tricky spot where it's really real rival isn't the new Defender. Real rival is a Toyota Land Cruiser or a Hilux or something, yeah. and then you go. Well, I found it was Ooh. the old Defender. Was well, the is. real driver for it, mm. basically. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That, isn't that the problem? That there's no shortage of old defenders on the used car market, um, with all yeah. sorts of modifications and companies that will do whatever you want with that car. So, isn't that isn't that its problem? That why don't you just get an old defender? It, it is slight. It is slightly. This is, I have to say, a really big step on from an old defender mm. in terms of its refinement and. Ability, not in terms of sort of off-road abilities, but just in terms of its habitability and stuff, and its sort of practicality of actually fitting in it all right and that sort of thing. It's a big step on, but I do think that it's going to lack something for those. You know, it's seventy-five thousand quid still. Mm-hmm. It's an expensive car. It's it's not. It's the use case for it isn't the sort of agricultural worker it's sort of the landowner yeah and that feels like quite a narrow slice yeah, of the market say that, I mean, also, how many of them are out there but you, also, know? you can't claim if you are in that person you want to use it for those mm. sakes you want a commercial vehicle yeah. to then get some money back which you can't do you can't, with the grenadier they not do yeah. a commercial version they do, but at the moment, isn't uh, there's something about the VAT that you can't get the VAT back on it? Because the payload, think, because the payload's not high enough. Yeah, ah, it can't a carry a ton. So they're doing the what quartermaster? Is it was it the bigger quarter, one, yeah. Um, which I, th- I believe has, or no, maybe they even that but doesn't, doesn't have, have it. it. No, none of them do no. currently. But also, yeah. my worry is 
So the people who will buy this are in that camp where they're a bit salty about the new defender. Once they've bought them all, who then buys them? And where does the band then the, <laughs> yeah, the brand yeah. then go afterwards? Because uh, once the, you know that they're at capacity with that, what's yeah. different? And where is your user case? The, so I thought of the the in a way it's re- I mean they're in the most difficult position because what this depends on entirely is its durability and its longevity and for a new brand to come and jump in and go our car will last 15 to 20 years well you go oh, i'm taking that with a pinch of salt because you're you're brand new at the moment yeah so it'll be 15 or 20 years down the line that its reputation so they've got to keep going 15 or 20 years just to establish themselves mm-hmm. as the brand that is reliable and everything yeah. and then you go well that's yeah but that's toyota that's what toyota has sewn up mm. the global market in rugged off-roaders for mm. So they've, they've persevered when Nissan and Mitsubishi and everyone have dropped out. So it feels like a, a car for a very narrow and specifically British audience. Are there any early sales figures on it? Not that I've seen, no. Oh, I'm, but well, I've seen a few of them. I haven't seen one. Yeah. I haven't yeah, seen yeah. one. I haven't I've seen one. more than Supras. Let's just say yeah. that. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'd be fun if we were proved wrong and they sell like hotcakes. Yeah. But just, I, I think they mm. will sell well, because of, and it, but it is that audience who look at a new Defender and go, nah, that's not, that's being used for school runs and stuff. Yeah. I want something proper. And it, it, it does that, it does that job pretty well. It's, it is, I mean, the, everyone talks about the steering being really slow and, and everything. It's, it doesn't self-center very well. I didn't find it, once you get used to it, it's one of those things, spend a couple of days with it, you'll sort of get, you, get it clear in your head. It's much better, but you are doing a lot with the steering wheel. Because I read a lot about it's, it before I drove it, and I thought it literally, you'd have to feed it all the way back. It mm. does self-center to a degree, <laughs> a bit, but yeah. yeah, but then it's not as bad as you think where you've you no. got to get the lock off straight yeah. away. Yeah, yeah. But also, I think it will be quite a fashionable item. I am seeing mm. it in central London, in the same world that you see military chic. seeing them, you know, it's a fashionable item. You're in Zone One, baby. <laughs> so, uh, zone One underground car park. But then, uh, but, but they, which it will fulfil. And I, I actually really enjoy both of these cars. Mm. I love the new Defender, and when I drove the Grand, it does have that charm to it, and it does have mm. it. It does have that essence of the Defender's kind of durability. And you look back at it and you just think, I could kind of go anywhere like yeah. Ollie said mm. yet to be proven we do want to do a monster adventure with this car at yeah. some point just to say mm. it or we just put it in a time machine and see whether it can last 20 years and where, <laughs> where we get to it wait we can use that time machine you used in last week's yeah, uh, the, the, the Lamborghini podcast Lamborghini yeah, where podcast. We, we jumped forward in time to me being on the launch from, it was, oh yeah yeah, yeah we, it we need to know yeah. what the Grenadier will do but yeah so that test's interesting good old Brad Hatch Troyp in the new issue with yeah. yeah what wins Defender yeah, I suppose so. Because yeah. for most people, that still the Defender is still the better, yeah. the better car for what they need. But they, what it reflected really is how blimmin' different they are. Yeah. How completely different they are now. Yeah, yeah. So uh, a nice equal twin test there to kick things off. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> completely different. And also, um, and also, <laughs> our final review was: Does it win? I suppose so. So yeah, we were <laughs> yeah. clinical and thorough in one. Yeah, yeah. No, this is what gets the we Land Rover you. community frothing. They're after us for the you know yeah. Range Rover uh, pod. So yeah, and I'm sure they'll be in touch again yeah. with their verdict on the new um, cool. the new Battlefront. So from hulking great um, tough four by fours to probably the flimsiest car on the road. Um, so this is the Citroen. Ami, which you've probably seen. It's basically the car that looks like it's driving in both directions at the same time. It's a wheelie bin. It's a wheelie bin on wheels. <laughs> well, wheelie bins have wheels. Yeah, it's a wheelie yeah. bin with a motor. <laughs> it's just a wheelie bin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a wheelie bin that has a top speed of, it's an electric car, 28 miles an hour? Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. Um, it's got 
hilariously low amount of horsepower. I mean, so low, let's not even bother reading it out. A range of about 30, 45 40 miles, miles, I think they say. Yeah, yeah. something like Depends that. Depends on the headwind, doesn't it, really? And Citroen looked at that <laughs> and they said, it's got two seats, by the way. Um, and they said, no, what we need is a less practical mm. version of this. So they brought us the uh, sort of limited run called the Ami Buggy, which basically ditches the doors and puts kind of like those fairground ride barriers there yeah. instead. You know, it's a turnstile. You <laughs> yeah. have a door, you have a turnstile. Anyone from the 90s remembers the smart crossblade. Just put I that. I was just thinking. That. Yeah. Put, yeah. put yourself in mind of one of those. It looks like that sort of multiplied by a Nissan Qashqai. There's a worrying whiff of crossover about yeah. it, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. Slightly so, knobbly tyres. I think when we, when, we, when we brought up in a meeting that uh, we had an Ami buggy coming in for a week... Um, someone sort of shouted, it looks like a golf buggy, at which point someone said, well, let's go and play golf. Let's go and drive it around <laughs> yeah, the golf course, at which point I said, well, let's go and do um, a load of lifestyle things with this lifestyle car, um, which led us mm. to the, the, the promised land of Margate. <laughs> Polyamory cup, um, um, capital of the UK currently. I read the headline really? today. Yeah, uh, what which publication uh, did you read? I'm that? moving there. Uh, excuse me. It was a, <laughs> the Sunday Times. It was it, it was in, and um, I sent that to Sam. He said, "Oh, it's annoying. It hasn't got. It's only got two seats. Should have taken the, the multi-van long term to go." <laughs> <and> <laughs> only to call Murray T50. Exactly. Yeah, it's perfect. a matchmaking. <laughs> but no, uh, Margate's got everything going on. It's basically um, East London on sea now, isn't it? As, yeah. as it's referred to. Yeah. So he went and had a, a day. Um, yeah, ice around. cream on the beach, amusement um, arcades, and yeah, yeah, all sorts yeah, yeah. of bits. Yeah, Dreamland. So it's um, oh, and but the the stupidest thing about this entire story, which is hilarious, by the way. Please go and read it. Um, it's Sam Burnett's story, by the way. Um, is the fact that he drove there from London in this car? <laughs> I mean, this car. Oh, it's not allowed on a motorway. Yeah, it shouldn't really be allowed on any road to be honest it can't even hit the the 30 mile an hour speed limit um but he managed to wiggle his way from um our offices in west mm-hmm. london all the way out to margate which was 80 miles that, it took him 12 hours it did take him 12, 12 hours, hours on the way down yeah, and he had yeah. to stop at leisure centers and very because it can't <laughs> use normal um like fast charging facilities or public charges so he just needed a three pin whereas charging at one kilowatt hour <laughs> <laughs> and so he was there cool. for but so this long. This is the best thing. Citroen, you know, did say, <laughs> look, if you would you like us to um, transport the car to Margate so you can just begin your story where it begins? Uh, happy to do so. No, Sam is a method actor. Yeah, it's not <laughs> what an owner would do. No, so no, if I want it in Margate, I'll drive he it. He put him through that pain. He didn't even have the photographer with him for the drive down. That was literally just him Isn't on it? his own, just sort of self-flagellating. Can you um, write a second story? I want to hear all the ins and outs of that. Well, this is it. I'm just thinking because Sam last year, didn't he, still saw how many laps he could do of the Coventry, Coventry, Ring, Coventry Ring Road, Ring Road, Road in an Audi e-tron. Yeah. Are you sniffing, so like, sniffing a regular here? Yeah, just <laughs> Sam's <laughs> annual kind of EV torture feature where he <laughs> yeah. finds the most inappropriate car or the most absolutely I think heinous got task. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's got yeah. legs. So yeah, tune in next year when he drives a Renault Twizy to the Sahara Desert. <laughs> so well done, Sam. Uh, I'm in awe of your resilience. Yeah. Um, and it's a, a really, really funny story. Um, and then, Ro, you spent some time in Japan. It's I been a while. It's pretty, when's the last time you're in Japan? Yeah, you like to go there once every couple of months. Normally. Oh, yeah, sometimes multiple times in a month, Yeah, <laughs> which I've done previously. But I haven't been back since COVID. Yeah. And it was so oh, refreshing. Wow. 
to you you forget you know obviously different uh, different cultures differ but how wild japan is when you haven't been there for a bit but also how friendly it is to get stuff done and it's becoming a lot more westernized tokyo since when i first started going there you've had the olympics the rugby world cup etc so so you can get beans on toast right not beans on toast but you, <laughs> there is some english on signage which is very useful oh yeah but the new um uh, they've got a new immigration system which basically looks like a Pokemon health centre where you have to put your passport on and it bings and bongs at you and there's a man dressed as a panda and you're like, what's happening? I've been in an economy for 16 hours. Where, what, where have I landed? But no, the whole point was, it was just before the Japanese Grand Prix and Mick Schumacher's, I find, a really interesting character who's hasn't really been in the same limelight as uh, you know, others of that generation. He was very successful during casting F3, F4, 3, 2, made his way up, mm. like the Landos and the Piastri's and all the George, others. Yeah. Um, but then didn't have such a good time at, um, at Haas. Mm. And then now he's in the position um, of leaving there to be Mercedes reserve driver because Toto's mm. kind of taken him under his, under his mm. wing. And we just wanted to know a bit more about him because he's got a massive interest in road cars. So he's a yeah. petrol head where some racing drivers, they're really not interested because all they've grown up with is slicks and carts and then being at a circuit and don't actually want to drive on the road. Um, he's heavily influenced being 24 years old by Faster Than Furious and gaming and, th- ga- gaming and things like that. So he's a big JDM fan, but he's never actually been out and experienced it. So to kind of... A, get it past the, the three-pointed star. There had to be a few Mercedes for him to drive rather than anything else. Couldn't get him straight into... Yeah, well, uh, what a Mercedes, though. This wasn't a, a diesel S, uh, A-class, was no, it? No, no, no. We got... Uh, <laughs> well, the plan was to have one 190E Evo 2, the homologation special. There's only 502 wow. in the world. Um, you know, the DTM race car homologation car. Uh, but being Japan, you speak to one person, they say, oh, can we come along too? No problem. So four arrive. <laughs> so um, then they don't speak any English. So then trying to... Almost 1% of the entire world's population <laughs> of Evo 2s. That's right. And then we go and meet some more of their friends, and they're all at the car park too. So there was a, a, a crazy display. But we went to... Um, Mick's a big Nissan GTR fan, and he's got an R34 and various other bits that he probably wasn't allowed to tell me, but did. And a drift car, a G, a, you know, a Nissan um, R34 drift car. So he's got massively into sideways because it's engaging and fun. He likes to feel... He first got into it through the Race of Champions, which he came second at in um, 2019, where they did a skills test. Never really done any car control stuff like that or driven buggies or, you know, other cars. Did all right against rally drivers and thought... Hmm. Drifting. I've always loved like looking at drifting. I should have a go. So he's really got into it, into R34s. When you're in Japan, there's one man to meet if you like tuned R34s. So we went and saw Smokey Nagata, the man yeah. famed for doing over 200 miles an hour on the um, A1M. A1M. Yeah. So they went and met. And did he? Did he top? He did over 200. Did he? 196. Yeah, no, it was just under. Yeah, but it was like. Round up. Freezing cold and wet. So the wheels probably doing about 220. If you can have 200 if you want yeah, 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 there's if a podcast If you, you want to um, yeah, find out more about that, there is a podcast in the feed, but also I wrote a feature about smoking a few years ago. Hence having the in to go and look at oh, body cool. kits for Mick. And yeah, yeah. he arrived and then um, Smokey's got a R32 Skyline with all the R35's innards, interior mechanics, the whole lot. Mix all that and went, hmm. 
I should go get my checkbook. So he was trying to find ways to import that to Switzerland, yeah. which was very good as Smokey started bowing so intensely, I think he's nearly stubbed his cigarette out on his belly button <laughs> at the thought of selling that to an F1 driver. And then we went to... So Smokey hadn't given up? No, definitely no not. patches. Still not vaping. Not, not vaping. Yeah. Vaping Nagata, yeah. So uh, we did that, uh, and th- then we went just to um, Lawson to get some Japanese you know, snacks and food, and then yeah. we made our way to Daikoku, because Mick had also never been to a car meet of any sorts mm. and then when you put a few Instagram posts out saying we've got people coming Japan's just, you know you've seen all the footage from Suzuka where the fans go wild and you know they've all made gifts and you know cross stitch for the last three years um, <laughs> a picture of them and various other you know accoutrements and, and, and gifts that then they arrived to put all their cars out they were all perfect and then Mick started shi- um, signing engine covers of Mercedes and other bits so everyone went mad so it was really good just to get an insight to how his mind works, what he has to do as a reserve driver. Um, must, the... must must kill him. He be, you know watching others go out on track when it's just in your. He did say he said fiber of your being to to race. Do that. Yeah. yeah. The worst thing is to be involved, but then go and see other people do the job that all you want to yeah, do, and yeah. you and you but have. Then he, he puts his shift in on the simulator. On right? the simulator, yeah. yeah. Which I didn't really realize quite how much how reliant teams are now over the weekend. So. If he's in the flyaway, he will be at the race. But if it's European, he'll be at the um, at Silverstone, for example. Quote, Mercedes had a woeful car during Friday practice. So they spent, he was doing 2 a.m. shifts in the simulator, just simulating v- different setups, etc. Mm-hmm. Really nailed one for Saturday and Sunday, and they had a great result. And George and Lewis thank Mick for what he was doing in the simulator at that time, which yeah. no one's seeing. Um, and then, you know, he's been rumoured, does he go to Alpine to be part of their endurance programme? Toto's happy for him to do that as well as being a reserve yeah. driver. So it's really interesting. But ultimately, you know, all, all these guys are wired. They want to race in F1 and be an F1 champion, and they can't yeah, yeah. let that go. Yeah, Every so, decision has to be building towards F1 World yeah, Championship, yeah. right? Otherwise, what, what, what am I doing out Yeah, there? But there's some lovely anecdotes of the story that he was telling him about, you know, the Evo 2's a massive car for him because his dad had one as a junior, a Mercedes junior, um, and him and Heinhard Frentzen were just racing around the Nordschleife <laughs> when they were younger, which Mercedes weren't particularly happy about, um, and then all about how he got into road cars, which is driving around the property. It was really nice, and he's just a super cool, relaxed guy to, yeah. to be around. And I did put it to him, you're a bit too nice for the paddock, really. And, it, and he's like, no, if I'm racing, I'm not a nice yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. People will tell you I'm that. nice because you're a journalist. Yeah. And, yeah, but yeah. It was so good just to, he's just a, a massive car fan. And if mm. he could, he would just fill sheds with cars and cars and chew them and do bits with them. So it's, yeah, it's, it's cool. Do yeah. bits with them. That's a very Love Island phrase, isn't it? But <laughs> um, not in that way. He would, he would modify them. But yeah, so really fascinating day night with him and uh, yeah it was good fun loved the car it was great awesome Mate. and if he does go on to win that F1 World Championship I hung out with him in Tokyo yeah he was still a reserve driver I was yeah. super lucky I didn't tell him at the time but I hung out I hung out with Michael as well about 10-12 years ago for a day so it was all kind of like full circle and there's a <laughs> oh, lot of similarities how methodical they are and you know everything's yeah. measured in the way they think and respond to stuff so yeah it was really really well, cool where to see. were you when you hung out with Michael? We went and did a motorbike track day at Paul Ricard and it was a completely private event I was the only person there with some monster energy um, riders of yeah. MotoGP etc and it was yeah it was just when Michael was uh, just come off that German superbike um, uh, stint and then went back to Mercedes yeah. where Mick is now so it all goes full circle 
Beautiful. Yeah. Cool. Right. Okay. Well, let's move on to uh, the four-cylinder engine. Celebrating yes. it, really. I Much mean, maligned. you know. So really, this is an excuse, Ollie. We all know for you to just yeah, have another go in the Alphaholics GTAR, yeah, which <laughs> I have had a go in, and still, I still have dreams about that yeah, car. Yeah. Oh, it's go, so good. Go and drive an MSTS car <laughs> now. Yeah, so it wasn't the <laughs> I said, one. Though. I said Alphaholics wins, right? And you're like, nah, Escort mm. is that even, Escort. Well, and oh. cost less. As a, quarter, as a third or a quarter of the price. All oh, right, so this could yeah. be money-saving consumer advice it we're is. about to give. So we should yeah, just yeah. frame this up. That a couple oh, yeah. of years ago, we did a feature which has become known as the Resto Gods. Yeah. Which was... Chris you know, Harris. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Chris wrote it, and we were out there in Wales mm. and had all of those absolute halcyon, you yeah. know, Resto Mod restored, reimagined cars. So, so we had the... Top them up. The Singer. Singer of nine, Classic 911. Yeah, we um, had the DB5 continuation car, the Bond one with all the, with the gadgets. With all the gadgets and stuff. Eagle E-Type. The GTO Engineering 250 short wheelbase. wheelbase. And the Alphaholics GTAR. Which was there as kind of like this, almost like the, the cheap and cheerful palette yeah, yeah. collector. <laughs> it was the kiddie car, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. You got your V12 lot. stuff and mm. all your hand-beaten aluminium. And mm. then there was just this sort of raughty little alpha yeah. getting up the exoticas. Which was the noses. most fun to drive. Exactly. So yeah. this obviously most this sort of lit a very long fuse on you going, we should come back <laughs> yes. to Wales with that alpha and yeah. some, do some other stuff. Some other more humble so the, resto well, we've mods. we've been talking, I mean, this, we... I think the whole thing was a bit, there was a big, back earlier in the summer, we were talking about four-cylinder engines a lot because Lotus launched that Amira with the i4 engine. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wow, there's so few four-cylinder sports engines now because the cars have got so big and heavy that they need more power and everything else. So the character of car engines is mm. changing. You don't find great four-cylinder engines that often But also four-cylinder is so associated with the mundane stuff. Exactly. It's, it's your yeah. four-cylinder 1.5 shopping car turbo yeah. that just works mm. in anything these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But back a while ago, <laughs> let's say, because I think the youngest of these technically is 50, 60 years old, 50 years old, um, you know, that engine did everything. It was your shopper engine, but it was also motorsport-derived and everything else. So we thought it'd be great to get together three four-cylinder engines that were just to show how great the four-cylinder engine can be. So besides the Alphaholics, we had the MST Escort, which is this company, company called MST, who are a rally parts supplier in Wales, worked out they had... They were so, had so many parts, they had all the parts necessary to build a new <laughs> Escort. So they've built this Escort. Um, but they do a Mark One and a Mark Two. They're working on a 6R4 now, which... Oh, they showed that recently, didn't they? Was it Salon Privé or somewhere? Yeah. I mean, awful wheels, sorry. Fortunately, you can swap those out, Row. If it drives anything like this yeah, Escort, yeah. then we'll probably have a look. And then the last one we had was it had a Porsche 912, and the 912 was the when they were when early days of the 911. Porsche was talking about discontinuing the 356, but they needed a sort of entry level 9. Sold, I think they sold 30,000 over four, uh, four years. It was mm -hmm. on sale. It actually outsold the 911 at times. So, um, and we have one of those. And there's a there's a Hungarian company called Cam Manufacture who are, you know, doing resto mod versions of Porsche 912s, super lightweight. They're, they're carbon body panels. They what, reduce it to, to under 800 kilos. Wow. It's 750 and there was holes drilled in everything, wasn't it? I was yeah, looking around yeah. it, and there's, you know, the boot support. Like, like a the piece boot... of cheese. But it's, yeah, honestly, mm. it's like, you know, the, the, the engine cover is, is now made of carbon, so it's like mm. weighs as much as a piece of tissue paper, and mm. it's got these supports obviously these hinges and they've drilled all holes out of yeah, that yeah. to make that lighter I mean it's just yeah. the lengths they've gone common to common sense lightweighting mm. that is just you know yeah, you don't yeah. need it drill it so um, 
so yeah, we went and spent a couple of days in Wales. We made a film which is on YouTube. Um, and really it's to show that these four-cylinder engines, not only are they perfectly good as sports engines, but they sound amazing. Mm. They really do. That Escort is every bit as yeah. exotic as you know a V12 at else. top revs. It's so... It's the induction noise. It's yeah. so Furious. characterful. Yeah. yeah. So you hear it coming from miles away, <laughs> and you know exactly... I mean, it's sort of the, it needs to be accompanied by the tinkle of gravel off the underside, doesn't it? Because it's just... It is the rally noise. But also, I can't see it in my head with that noise without it going massively sideways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which it probably did. To Happy to oblige. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and how much... I, I, well... I'm just. I just want to get to that quickly because it's mm. in this in this day and age, it's a relative bargain. It's a it? relative bargain. Yeah, come on, Ollie, these are the affordable resto oh, models. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it sounds so for silly, doesn't it? Because <laughs> the you know, the Alphaholics and they're all and the Cam Nine Twelve are both over three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand quid. They are a huge amount of money. Mm. The MST Escort, they will build you one for a hundred k. Now, which you is a lot for a Ford Escort. Which is a lot for a Ford Escort. But, but then look at the money Cosworths and stuff are going yeah, for. For sort of driving silly. Nirvana, yeah, which yeah. is very, very close I mean, it's to. Like, it's a car for a short hit. It's mm. not a car you want to go and drive far. But It's oh an espresso my God. of a car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you managed to get yourself on the shoot. Well, yeah, this actually took place over my birthday. So this is my birthday <laughs> treat this year. This is my make-a-wish. I opened the card. Instead of a book voucher, a letter from Molly Marriage fell out going, join me to splash around sopping wet whales yeah. for two days. Mm. In Yeah, I have to say, that the, the 912 I found kind of hard work. And I think that's yeah. probably n- not necessarily... That was them kind of showing this is the ultimate in how we'd do a 912. And I was sort of picking, I'd like this, but I wouldn't have that. Yeah. The Alpha I'd had the pleasure of driving before and adore, though you do worryingly step out smelling quite strongly of petrol, I find, <laughs> yeah. when you drive it. It really does, it literally I, gets in your, in your veins. Extra. But the Ford, I mean, maybe it's because my dad grew up with my own escorts and maybe it's there's something about that in me, but flipping heck, if that's not the most fun I've had driving a car this year, I, I exactly. can't wait for whatever yeah, yeah. it is. Magnificent. So, But it's interesting, what that point you're picking up on about the cam manufacturer 912, I think it's because it's that is one guy's idea of his dream 912. Yeah. So whereas both the other two, they, you know, MST have been working on escorts for like 30 years. They know exactly what parts work, how to make them work together, how it all goes together. Same with Alphaholics. They've been racing Alphas and working Alphas for 30 or 40 years. So those companies understand infinitely exactly how to make those cars the best they can be and what will suits them, what doesn't and everything else. So that's what Cam Cam's jumped is, straight, is straight in, in, with, in. A, with a whole car. Done a whole car, which is which is fine I think they, they you know they they know their stuff they're going to do to it it was a prototype one they're, mm. they're still going to do more to it but the other two they're just they are just dynamite absolute dynamite so there we go so when you're you know commuting to work sitting in a rainy traffic jam somewhere with your slightly dull four-cylinder engine under the hood you know, you, you've yeah, actually yeah. got something quite exotic. You'd yeah. <laughs> be surprised at how glorious a four-cylinder can be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and on that point, because we end the feature with uh, the best four-cylinders yeah. ever, or is that? Yeah, all, we did five, other, awesome five other awesome four-cylinder engines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's, I think is people can make their own minds. No, that's up, the thing. Well, exactly on that point, because yeah. we're not going to give it to them. Okay. Spotify function, ding. <laughs> this is where we can get the poll function out. Engage the community. Community yeah, exactly. manager. Yeah, I'm go. here with my other laptop ready for you. <laughs> so um, He's standing by to take your call. As you we, tell him. Yeah, we want to know what you think the best four-cylinder engine of all time is. Oh, I think this is yeah. going to get pretty heated out there. 
Yeah. yeah. I'm going to ice down mm. the back of the laptop just in case. When all these <laughs> the VTech, the VTech um, guys are coming for you. And yeah. Rowan, do you do, a, do you do a handwritten letter to everyone that, that leaves a comment? As well no, as that? no, no, I don't do that. that. Was, I, it was in your job description when I you accepted the role. I can't afford the postage to, to Tommy in Sweden <laughs> to, to do that. Uh, but yeah, open the Spotify app and then there will be a question and you can let us know what you think of the podcast And not too. just what mm. car, but why? What engine? Why is that mm. one the greatest? Let's hear some opinions. Cool. Right, mm. so from uh, wet, uh, very wet Wales. Mm. I assume you're in Wales. Yeah, it looks like Wales. Wet very Welsh green, Wales. very wet. Where else? Um, to uh, the Californian desert. So um, <laughs> um, a feature that uh, Jethro Bobbingdon and I did with uh, a couple of Ford Raptors. So we managed to get together the Bronco Raptor and the F-150 Raptor R, which, spoiler alert, this is the one you want because it's got the, the supercharged <laughs> V8 from the um, Shelby Mustang GT500, 700 horsepower. Mm. Bronco Raptor looks amazing, but that one's got the engine. Um, so uh, it's, it's, it's a feature with the two of us just messing around in this amazing place called Johnson Valley, um, OHV, off-highway off vehicle, off vehicle area. area. Thank yeah. you very much. 96,000 acres that basically doesn't have any rules. You can just go and jump and skid and drive as fast as you like and off-road and do all sorts of silly things, which is... Is there a gate onto it, or you just turn off nope, the highway? Nope. And you just turn off the highway, and you, you need a permit. Okay. Um, you need a per. Does the permit cost much? That's for filming, I think. I'm not sure if you need one anyway. Well, maybe I, I don't know, or maybe that covered it. I think you can just rock up there anyway. Yeah. And it's just, it just opens up to a giant flat, and then there's a, just one bog. There's just one wooden shack. That's just all the toilet, and then you just go and have fun. You just it's, go and have fun. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. Wow. Don't forget your sandwiches and, and water because there's the, there isn't many um, uh, service stations. And it gets to uh, what was it, 117 degrees or something <laughs> yes, like that Fahrenheit? So if you were there, so. But yeah. so this was all part of this new YouTube series that um, we filmed called TG2 Cars and Stripes, which is all about driving American cars in America. So that's going to be on YouTube pretty soon. Um, um, so what we're going to do is we're going to do a whole separate series of pods. We'll get Jethro on and we'll tell you the proper story behind this. There's some quite fun. We, we, I, um, do my first ever jump in a 2.6 ton truck, but we'll tell you the full story behind that uh, as well as all the other films that we've made for TG2. You've never done a jump before. Not on purpose. Not deliberately. <laughs> no, I do. There was an Aston Martin launch, I remember. Uh, <laughs> launch? That's a good... Uh, yeah, yeah, but I'll just leave there it there. There was an Aston, there Aston, was Aston launch, Martin launch. And a landing uh, sometime. Yeah. And um, in Palm Springs, and I remember coming around the corner and the road fell away rather quickly and there was... It's called was, a cliff, isn't it? There was a, <laughs> no, I stayed on the road. It was fine. Um, but yeah. Um, also, that Raptor R... Just we then spent two weeks in it solid. It's it's America's best car, I think. It's it's everything you want from America in one truck. The F one fifty, the F one fifty does the road, yeah. does mm. off road, has a V eight, is a pickup truck. Has a yeah. really well built. You know, it was like well better built than the Bronco. Oh, it's amazing. We basically <laughs> dropped it off a building constantly, but then it's got a massive screen. It's got all the yeah. modern functionality you'd want from a modern car. Super easy to cruise it on on the motorway. It's a big thing, naturally. Um, Hundred and ten thousand dollars. Yeah, but that's a bargain. I yeah, think. it's a bargain. <laughs> Yeah, it's cheaper than an MST Escort. There's something wrong with us because apparently, a, yeah, hundred k MST Escort's a bargain. A hundred thousand pound F one fifty is a bargain. We, yeah, I think we need to, to bring. Re- come on, let's get our ourselves. feet back on the ground, guys. Yeah, this but, is yeah, just yeah. getting out of hand. No, but like a Civic Type R, some asparagus grand. is like four hundred quid now or yeah. something like that, isn't it? Or like a Citroen buggy, ten grand. 
Uh, yeah, but it takes 12 hours to get anywhere. It's a wheelie bin. 12 hours to go 40 miles. Anyway, um, right. So that's um, that's a little flavour of everything that's in the issue. Make sure you get out and pick up a copy of it if you're an Apple News Plus subscriber. You can you can read it there or Readly, which is another all you can all you can read app. Um, you can find the find the magazine there. Um, but also just on that note, if if you are on Apple News, if you're an iPhone user or Mac or various other bits and pieces, you can follow the channel mm. and then you can we can push news your way so you don't yeah. even have to go looking for it no it's fantastic and it's not only um not only is it magazine content um on there you also get the the, the web feed as well so it's all mm. things that all the content that's coming out of the top gear universe um you'll find on that mm. right should we do a quiz go on then let's end with a you quiz. ready i'm ready would you like oh. today's the subject you're smiling this is bad news <laughs> Because it's just yeah. it was a fun one to geek out on. Because you know the other week, Jag, remember Jaguar? I remember they, Jaguar. Um, yeah, yeah, they did that um, electric car about twenty years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. high pace. So That's they it. popped up and said we're going to do some final run-out version of the F-Type, and I was having a look at it, and I was looking inside, and there were pictures of the the vents, and I'd forgotten that for no reason at all in the F-Type, when you put the aircon on, the vents That's sort of vents. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, they pop didn't, up. Like, they popped up, but pops up the wrong word. Yes, they sort were. of rose, yeah. didn't they? And for no. It was supposed to be a lightweight aluminium sports car, but that's probably why oh, it weighs like right on the top of the, the dashboard. Dash. Just yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. And that got me thinking but the about. Except used to have one of those. Well, to... hold your horses. Well, that's what we're going to get into. All right, all right. <laughs> Pointless motorized gimmicks in cars. Things that motorized to spin and whir and muck about for no other reason than it makes your passengers giggle and gives you something to show off with. It gives us something to write about in the, <laughs> in the news story. <laughs> a quiz category which will no doubt provoke oh, controversy. It gives us something to take videos of on our phone and put on our TikTok channel because oh. that is the stuff that people love on TikTok. Ooh, it may have been where I found a couple of these. You've got one you've gone viral. Oh, well, there you go. Oh, hang on. Who's, got, who's gone viral on TikTok? Jack's gone viral. Oh, Can I, I go first? Jack, thing? hold of him or is his finger or something? No, my thumb went viral and then Jack... Well, do you want the, <laughs> Wait, your, is this you, a guess for the quiz? Do you want quiz? your first guess, Jack? Go on, I'll give it to Can you. Can I have my yeah. first Right, Jack, you're going to go first. The Zemvo Aurora. Um, well pronounced. So, uh, yeah, so in... Um, uh, it was a car week at the Quail... Um, <laughs> again and uh, <laughs> quaffing champagne. No, so we were we were poking around the Aurora and the 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 boss of the company said, "Oh, this is cool. Look, so it's all um, analog dials in front of you. But if you hit this button on the steering wheel, the one on the left rotates, revealing a sort of circular Apple CarPlay screen, basically on the other side. Which I thought that's fun. Got my phone out and um, we put it on the new uh, TikTok channel. Topic is TikTok. What's it done now? How many views? Millions. Millions! Wow. Six, and seven million And not only has it done 20 billion views, it's also <laughs> earned you a point, because it's the correct answer. Ooh. Yeah, the Zenvo Aurora's rotating CarPlay screen speedo thing. That's exactly the sort of thing I'm looking for. All right. Oh, cool. It's a good Go on, start. Ollie, then. You, were, you, were, um, you might as well say talk. the one you uh, well, yeah. were thinking well, earlier. Think, yeah, you, you stopped me. So I'm not going to say that one, actually, because that was the Jaguar XF. I was the one I was going to say, which mm. I think had rotating air vents or something. Yeah, yeah. But Maybe. I'm not going to do that one. I'm going to say, because Jack's guess has just triggered another one in me, the McLaren 720's flicky, flipping <gasps> oh, dash. Yeah. So flicky, flipping, flipping dash. Flicky, dash. The FSD. Track mode. <laughs> yeah. Track mode, and then track it goes, goes, you don't need flat. that information, you just yeah, need yeah. your revs. All you need is those little and rev bars and, yeah, and speed and stuff. Yeah. That is also a correct answer. It was on the list. And you know why? Because I'm pouring one out for it. I'm gutted. On the 750S, 
they've done away with they've it. They've got rid of it to save no. 1.8 kilos. Oh. Apparently the mechanism for that and, you know, for having basically two screens. Yeah, yeah. They've decided, no, we need to be yeah. lighter. So they've got rid of it. 1.8 kilos and X amount of money in... Yeah, yeah. Fools! They're Cost. not going to go viral on TikTok. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So no, actually, it's, it's annoying, isn't it? Because those things make was, a difference yeah, if you're do. an owner it's and you go theater. watch this. It was yeah. also yeah. really nice at night, nerd point. But if you drove a 720s at night, the mm. screen was actually quite bright, and yeah. had to, it was a real pain to go into the dreadful touchscreen and de-brighten yeah. it. So if you just put it in track mode, not only you're probably shooting fire out the back, but <laughs> also, off. Yeah. yeah, you've got you've got less um, light glare. So yeah. I like that. What an Ollie correct answer. Go on, Ron. Um, oh. I'm going to stick with JLR too, mm. because with the Jags and Range Rovers too, the kind of elevating puck to change gear that <laughs> oh, yeah. used to come out and use his Twizzler, mm. and it would always worry. Please come out because I, <laughs> I, I, I can't move anywhere. Yeah. Mm. Um, which famously, I think it was Richard Porter, former script editor for Top Gear, mentioned, uh, and and big JLR enthusiast. Didn't they test that by like pouring two liters? Of Coke, diet Coke, into it <laughs> to see, see if it still function. Some... Yeah, I'd at the same time. I'd love to see that accident happening. On the, you just, you know, just driving down the M40, two liters <laughs> of Coke KFC, between your legs. You've got the KFC bucket <laughs> with you. Over, yeah. It's still tipping. And then just glug, I glug, do glug, know. Glug, glug. I know the feature you mean. That yeah, that that rise and shine. Uh, gear selector but I didn't put it on the list I'm afraid oh. as an incorrect answer. Hey, oh. No, no. Haven't we introduced half points for when you admit that it? That's true. That was a, of course, community manager. That was a community suggestion, wasn't it? So my laptop, my second laptop was just binged. Yeah, the community so. has just given you half a point. Thank yeah, you, that community. should have been there. They obviously didn't test it well enough because in a previous life, um, Andy Franklin, our um, creative director, chief design whiz, and I, we worked at a different car magazine and he had a Jaguar XF long-termer and he was stranded on a country lane because the Jag had inevitably broken down and we couldn't get the drive selector to pop up. <laughs> and he had to get to the office because like the cover needed designing. And I was, you know, like a minion. I was I was the office bin. So I was dispatched to him to sit in the With car. A while, yeah, With a while very AA large came. pair of tweezers. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I just had to sit there until the recovery man came and he took my car and drove back to the office because he was oh, much more important. Andy, that was when rank. I knew my place. Did the AA man go, how many litres of Coke did you pour down this? <laughs> no, it's it's only a litre and a half. What Should was so fun. funny was he turned up and was like, oh, this again. And he had like a special tool for sort of pulling <laughs> jag gear levers out of their own orifices. <laughs> so right. it, actually, it was such they a common... head. Useful yeah. tool, that one. <laughs> Useful tool. Right. <laughs> Right, back round to Jack then for your second guess, uh, mate. What have you got? Well, I've got a few options here. I'm just trying to basically um, put myself in the mind of the quiz master. Which one would make his list place. and which one wouldn't? I'm going to go with the Genesis GV60 Crystal Ball, which I haven't actually experienced uh, firsthand, but it, this is uh, very have, much on yeah. the same theme as the, the, the unnecessary Jag gear lever. It's, I think... It, it sort of flips over, revealing a crystal yeah. ball, a bit like a sort of makes throwback yeah. to the crystal so, maze. And yeah. for somehow that allows you to select your gear. That's what I'm going with. Lock it in. I've locked it. And you've locked in a correct answer. Yes, mate. Come the on. GV60 gear selector is even weirder lead. 
even weirder than the Jaguar. It doesn't just sort of rise up vertically. It rotates and it reveals this sort of dead jellyfish that's <laughs> encrusted orb. with... Yeah, it's an orb. What a great word, orb. <laughs> and yeah, imagine, yeah, phoning, oh, I'm afraid my posh high and eyes gear selection orb has got stuck. Don't worry, I've got a tool for that. Yeah, really, really he sucks odd. it out with his mouth. <laughs> so that, yeah, does give Jack two points. Can you equal that, Ollie? Um, he doesn't look confident, yeah, does what, he? What was the stipulation? Was it pointless ones or? I mean, it's not a stipulation. Gimmicky. It's the title. It's pointless Gimmicky. but fun yeah. motorized oh, pointless gimmicks. Pointless but fun. Okay, no, I've definitely Stuff got that one. Makes then. you go. Definitely huh. got one. The first time you get in the car. Um, because it's one I always love. Um, mm. Bentley's rotating Toblerone. Oh, I was yeah. hoping someone would say this. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the dash, that, the whole center section of the dash that pings back in, does a little Fabulous. flip, comes back. Three different, yeah. He knows it. It's bang on. It's the correct answer. I mean, we should explain to anyone who doesn't know what a Toblerone is. It's a sort of triangle-shaped <laughs> yeah, yeah. bar of chocolate. Yeah. airports. Yeah, and someone... Was, exactly, I was, I was going to say, someone at Bentley was obviously delayed on a flight and spent way too long in duty <laughs> Holding free. Holding a Toblerone. Thought, yes. Do you know what? It's the exact dimensions of one of those big Toblerones. Yeah. You know, mm. you've been away for a oh, few days and you're feeling chocolate extra guilty. Dashboard. And you get the big ones. <laughs> so the I've got some... Side. I actually looked this up on Bentley's website and there's a whole thing about it. So on one, on one face, it's just blank dashboard. So it's the yeah. wood or the stone, if you have your oh, stone yeah, yeah. veneer, Ooh. or the turned aluminium or mm. even the, the, the carbon fibre and all the weave matches. Lovely. Yeah. On the second face, it's a touchscreen with all your media bits and bobs in. Mm. And on the third face, it's... Like a temperature dial and a compass, yeah, and uh, whatever else, another sort of gauge. There's three of them. There's three turbo gauge or something. Yeah, Yeah. but it's got. And I looked. I asked Bentley about this. Okay, it's five thousand pounds to spec it. Yes, it is. And seventy percent of Bentley customers have it. I'm I'm surprised surprised it's not not more. What an absolute money printer that is. So seventy. Yes, so thirty percent of Bentley owners have got no sense of humour and go, no, I just like the touchscreen all of the time. Yeah. But it's got forty moving parts, and because of the way that it has to be all flush, they have to set it to tolerances of 0.5 millimeters. It's beautiful because it's sort of like you 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 hit whatever button to make it rotate. Mm -hmm. It kind of recesses, spins, and then comes Comes back. back. Yeah, because it needs to get out its own way. That is to compensate for natural like expansion and contraction in hot and cold climates, apparently. Isn't that lovely? Wow. wow. I mean, you say it's, pointless. It that is, is pure theatre. Yeah, well it played, is. Bentley. That is yeah, inspired. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, Come on, get a point. Get on the board at least. I've got half a point. You've got half a point. He's on yeah, the board. Come on. Yeah, community community manager. Here. Community so, half um, a point. I've got two Audi ones in my head, so hopefully I'm going to pick one that's going to be on the list. Audi ones. Uh, <laughs> on the e-tron, um, don't you tickle the underside of its uh, charging flap <laughs> to let it open? And then, then goes in and goes up. But you have to tickle the... Yeah, you know what? Tickle the dibble. I'm going to give you half a point again. Oh, my a, God. Have we got a sound effect for a semi-correct answer? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, eh, or ting. But you're thinking of the Taycan. Because on the Porsche Taycan, you, you tickle its sort of gill. And it slides upwards. Which yeah, it goes, on the it goes in. But on the e-tron, you press a little button and it does the same thing. So you're <gasps> sort of there, but sort of not. All technicalities, oh. I think. Can I'm I say, right. Rowan, <laughs> frankly, <laughs> embarrassing charging flap knowledge 
Uh, I think yeah. you need to brush yeah, up on, on that. You've been at a charging station for four hours and the damn thing won't connect. You've got to have something to entertain yourself. <laughs> I've been tickling this Audi for four hours now. <laughs> okay, but I will give you that at least the Audi, it's standard. You click the little e-tron badge button thing and the, you're right and the, the charging flap goes and disappears up into the bodywork. Porsche, if you want the electric charging flap on a Taycan, it's 486 quid. No. 486 quid. Standard. No, it's standard. You push it and it twangs back in a kind of, you know, plastic Ordinary spring. Way. Yeah. yeah. But if you want it to go... Like it does on a Datcha spring. Exactly. You know, but also, yeah. this time of year, you just get... A, your index finger's just muddy. Just all the time if you're just tickling. Yeah, yeah but a few years ago, I had one of those e-trons, <laughs> and it snowed. <laughs> and it... Um, mind out the cutter, gents. Come along. No, no. Uh, <laughs> why are your no, but fingers if you're muddy? You get your charging port open underneath. Uh, you just, it's just, just crawling around yeah. on the pavement. No, I drove an e-tron a few years ago, and, the, and it snowed, and the charging... Motoring charging flap thing that you were just talking about, it froze shut. And I said to Audi about this. I'm like, what are you doing on cold weather testing in Sweden or Norway? You know, and you're up there in the Arctic Circle just power sliding for months on end and eating reindeer. Like, why did no one notice that? And they said, ah, well, you see, the thing is that Scandinavia, it's a very dry kind of cold. And in England, it's a wet, you have wet and damp cold. And it just basically, so you should do your winter testing here, is what I learned from that. Yeah. Stuff freezes shut. This happens with Porsche as well. You know that big Panamera wing that pops out and sort of transforms? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, over here it gets stuck, whereas in Scandinavia apparently it doesn't. So <laughs> we are... A, there you go, British people. I've we have gnarly winters. heat and humid heat, yeah. but I've never thought about dry cold. And... It's a dry cold. There you go. No, uh, but yeah. they they never get that through because everyone knows that the people who are in the Arctic Circle just literally drifting for six months of the year <laughs> is a jolly. And then yeah. they go, yeah. oh, we've got to do hot weather testing now. Where should we go? South Africa. Yeah, yeah so they go and do that <laughs> for the other half of the year. Yeah. So they're never going to go, all right, where should we go? Um, let's go to Doncaster and wait for it to get a bit cold and see <laughs> yeah. where the charging flat. <laughs> some of that, some of that icy, up. damp cold. <laughs> Colder in Donnet. Um Scores on the doors? So that was two for you. Uh, Ollie, you were two as well, two I think. Two as well. And one. For, <sighs> or maybe one and a half. Either way, he didn't win. Um, <laughs> okay. So that means that there are some correct answers that weren't mentioned. Head over to topgear.com. Check out the pointless but fun motorised gimmicks. If you Google that, only one website's going to come up, and that's us. <laughs> <laughs> Funny that. who win. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Should we wrap it up? I think that's, that's enough, don't you? I think yeah. that's good. That's a win. Well, half a win. For, for Rowan, yeah. 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 No, you got two half points, but it's a half a win for you and I. It's a shared oh, win. Shared win. Fight yeah. over Yeah, but Ollie's driving home in a sport classic and you're not, so you're on <laughs> bicycle. I'm on my bike and it's raining. And on that note, <laughs> he's the winner. <laughs> See you Thanks next time. for listening. <laughs> See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Top Gear Magazine podcast. Hope you enjoyed that. And don't forget to subscribe, to leave us a review, to leave us a star rating. But also check out what is in the rest of the feed because as well as interviews, we've got our monthly uh, behind the curtain look into the issues that we make. And also there's some new audio tidbits coming. So like Jack says, subscribe. <laughs>